Welcome to the Chrisman Commentary Daily Mortgage News Podcast. I'm your host, Robbie Chrisman. Thank you for listening this Monday, March 29th, 2021. Topics on today's episode include an interview with the real Rob Chrisman and a preview of this week in the bond market. Considering we live in the Pacific time zone and this commentary comes out pretty early, folks sometimes ask my dad what his morning routine is to send out the written version of this each morning. He claims he replies, well, first I put on my little black stretchy pants, and they quickly lose interest. Others apparently have been asking him, what's the best way to solve for the 70 plus million people in their 20s and 30s with lots of savings, many working from home, and wanting to buy a house? Seems like they're competing with several huge corporations buying up inventory to rent those houses out. All the while, builders are only building about 1.5 million units a year. He says he doesn't know if accessory dwelling units are the answer, but Los Angeles is giving it a shot. While it is unknown whether the current strength in housing represents a long-term shift or could revert, low supply, strong sentiment, and demographics will provide a positive environment for home builders and single-family resident REITs. For the latest on employment, lender and broker services and products, and trainings and events taking us well into April, visit robchrisman.com. Today's podcast is presented by Stratmore Group. Stratmore Group is a leading mortgage industry advisory firm that provides a range of advisory services and programs designed to counsel lender CEOs and senior executives. Stratmore serves more than 250 companies annually, providing solutions that increase growth and improve profitability in sales, marketing, technology, operations, and mergers and acquisitions. The company leverages comprehensive proprietary data and key insights gained through extensive experience in the mortgage industry. Find out more about Stratmore on its website at stratmoregroup.com. With that being on, I wanted to bring back on Stratmore Capital Markets Advisor, Rob Chrisman. I'm back. You're our first repeat guest. I wanted to give you the honor instead of Garth Graham, who will be back on from the Stratmore Group later this week. Well, I feel like the warm-up band for Aerosmith. I think Aerosmith had some good warm-up acts back in the day. <laughs> What's going on? Wanted to wanted to bring you on because people love the sound of your voice. I wouldn't say that. Well, at least you love the sound of your own voice, so that's a start. Okay. Well, I hope none of this makes it on the uh, finished tape. Why is that? Because I, you know, who who does like the sound of their own voice? Most CEOs in the mortgage industry seem to love the sound of their own voice. No, that would be wouldn't be good. All right. Let's so let's start. The big news last week was that in person conferences are are finally returning. You have any thoughts on that? You have any that you for sure plan to attend? How, how are you feeling? Uh, I think it's uh, I think it's about time. The industry has shown, though, that it can learn from a variety of sources, and the return of in-person conferences is certainly welcome. There's a lot of pent-up demand for it, but through Zoom calls, WebEx, GoTo meetings, Teams, whatever software you want to use, the people in the residential industry have really uh, latched on to the ability to learn and continue to learn at their computer, at home, in the comfort of their lazy boy, as I uh, sometimes say in my uh, commentary. So the number of Zoom uh, and webinar, Zoom calls and so forth have really increased dramatically. And it given the people ample opportunity to to learn at home. And it's really been a good thing. So that's one good thing that's come out of the pandemic. But I will say that the people I talk to uh, are 
definitely anxious for the return of in-person conferences to be able to, to walk down a hall or sit and listen with other industry participants uh, to speakers or just to just to see somebody from across the hall or across the room and just go chat with them about current events or what they're seeing, I think is uh, is sorely missed. I certainly plan on going to uh, the events that uh, I'm invited to. And the the NBA the made a, a big step last week uh, with the announcement that its San Diego conference will be person, although that's not until October. But be- between now and October, other uh, conference planners and other organizations are having in-person events, uh, Georgia, Texas, California, Florida. And I'll be, like I say, attending uh, those that I can. See, I always thought people went for the free corporate bar tabs, but I must be mistaken. Do you, do you think people will miss Zoom as as we transition back towards more in-person things? Or do you think that Zoom is here to stay? How do you think people feel about it, especially people in your age bracket? <laughs> my eight, my age bracket. That's a good one. Uh, so the Zoom calls. It's interesting when I talk to people about Zoom calls. A lot of people are just Zoom called out. They're they're tired of Zoom calls. However, if you are a processor or an underwriter or somebody just starting off in the industry, you may not have the chance to go to a, a conference, uh, especially a national conference, and so. <laughs> excuse me, the ability for uh, those people at that level to engage with others and participate and learn and meet new people on Zoom, I think is, uh, is something that'll be around uh, for quite a while. I think it serves a useful purpose, but others, like I say, want to, they really have a, a hankering to resume the, uh, the in-person events. And when I, I speak about your age bracket, that's most of mortgage banking. At least if, if uh, people have not been to these in-person conferences before, they'll quickly learn. It's a lot of 60-year-old white guys walking around in suits when you go to the, the MBA annual. You mentioned learning. What sort of other things you think these mortgage bankers have learned during the pandemic? You can't teach an old dog new tricks, but you say au contraire. You know, it's just, it just it, it's, it's really been good to expose people to different parts of the industry. So an underwriter can uh, easily attend a session on, uh, you know, originating loans or a session on capital markets uh, with, like I said, just sitting at home and you have people in different occupations within mortgage banking learning about other parts of the industry that that help them. And I think that's been very, very important. So it's not as if you have to make a huge time commitment and travel from Nashville to Miami to go to a conference or uh, make a big time commitment if that's not your primary responsibility. So like I said, an underwriter can, an underwriter in Manhattan can sit in on a loan originator uh, training session uh, and it learn what it's like to be a loan originator and that person that underwriter Manhattan doesn't have to travel to some other place and incur the travel expenses for their company or personal expenses. And so that's been very, very good. It's been, it's been very helpful for people to learn about other parts of the industry uh, and not have to incur the expense of doing so. And when it comes to this actual 
written commentary, you're pretty prolific in terms of daily word count. A lot of people ask how you do it. How do you do it? There's always too much to, to have in any given day. The, the information that's out there is changing so rapidly and the lending landscape is changing so rapidly. I don't know how people keep up with it all. The uh, uh, Sometimes the, the commentary almost writes itself. There's so much information. Other times it's a, uh, uh, you know, take some work, but it's, I think that what I try to do is put myself in the place of the people in the industry and, and ask myself, what would they like to know about? What might they be curious about? What can help them help their clients? And so as long as, long as I keep that in mind, I think that uh, it's been a pretty good recipe. And here I was thinking you were going to give credit to your lovely son for helping out, but no. <laughs> you do help with the capital market section, definitely, and, and uh, things along the way. And it's been uh, it's been a great value to me. So I appreciate it and thank you. And I appreciate you coming on. Thanks for thanks for joining us today. Anytime. Turning to the bond market, which determines interest rates, Treasuries pulled back to close last week, while the MBS basis widened after tightening most of the week. Economic data on the day Friday was close to expectations, as personal income contracted in February due to lower transfer payments, while the final University of Michigan Consumer Sentiment Survey showed a small uptick to a one-year high. While we're on the subject of last week, the index of consumer prices that the Federal Reserve officially uses for its inflation target rose 1.6% in February from a year earlier, the biggest gain in a year as energy costs increase. The core price index, which excludes more volatile food and energy costs, was actually slightly below January's 1.5% gain. Both those saying inflation is coming, and those saying that the Fed couldn't even get inflation up when it had full employment and a booming economy a couple years ago, have things they can pull from the report. Unlike last week, which was full of Fed speakers and supply, this week is data-heavy, including the March payrolls report on Good Friday. We'll also receive the latest consumer confidence, ADP, Chicago PMI, pending home sales, ISM manufacturing, and construction spending figures. Despite all that, the week gets off to a slow start with just Dallas Fed Texas manufacturing and one Fed speaker, Fed Governor Waller, today. Today's MBS purchase schedule sees the desk purchasing $5.3 billion of 2% and 2.5% coupons, starting with $1.96 billion of Gini 2s, followed by $3.29 billion of UMBS 30s. We begin the last week of the first quarter with agency MBS prices up better by an eighth and the tenure yielding 1.65% after closing last week at 1.66%. Let's wrap up with a joke and some housekeeping. How about an early Easter joke? Years ago, when one could actually enjoy travel, a man and his ever-nagging wife went on vacation in Jerusalem, and while they were there, the wife unfortunately passed away. The undertaker told the husband, you can have her buried here in the Holy Land for $150, or we can have her shipped back home for 5000 The husband thought about it and told the undertaker he would have her shipped back home. The undertaker asked him, why would you spend $5,000 to have her shipped home when you could have a beautiful burial here and it would only cost $150? The husband replied, long ago, a man died here, was buried, and three days later rose from the dead. I just can't take that chance. Thanks again to our sponsor, Stratmore Group, the trusted mortgage advisory with advisors who guide lenders to make smart strategic decisions, solve complex challenges, improve the borrower experience, increase profitability, and accelerate growth. Be sure to check out the Stratmore website at stratmoregroup.com. 
If you have any questions about the podcast or sponsoring opportunities, send me an email at Robbie at robchrisman.com. Visit robchrisman.com for more information on our industry partners, access to archived commentaries, and how to subscribe to the daily mortgage news and commentary. To listen to or download past episodes of this podcast, search Mortgage News on any platform you get your podcast from.